0: Your hosts are here, Sammy and Michelle. By the end of this podcast, you'll know them well. Adulting, navigating the journey of life. Careers to relationships, pain and strife. Put down the rule book. Rethink the status quo. If there's another direction, you wanna go. Find purpose, passion, and mastery in all that you do with status host. Adulting. No- hey, Status Post Adulting family, this is Sammy and Michelle, and you're listening to the 39th episode of Status Post Adulting, where we will be giving you some g- ghouling, ghastly, horrible advice that has been given to us throughout the ages. But first, let me check in with my co-host, Michelle. The mischievous, the mysterious, Michelle. How are you doing, Michelle? Doing great, Sam. Loving the Halloween vibes this week. Thank you, Michelle. Yes, Halloween is my favorite holiday. Yes, it's not Jesus' birth. Yes, it is not him dying to save our sins, aka Easter. Though, thank you. But Halloween is my absolute favorite holiday. I'm glad that's how you rank them. (laughs) (laughs) My birthday is also up there. (laughs) How's your week been, Sam? My week has been very busy. So this week, fortunately, I have been able to get up on some of my personal hygiene and I was able to use ClassPass, which I use for exercise, to book a wax for half of my legs. And on the website, also said that they do Brazilians. And when I went there, they were free. So I was like, oh, am I able to also have a Brazilian wax? These people were super shady about Brazilian wax. First of all, when every time I asked them, like, is it okay if I add the Brazilian? They would not respond. And then, like, when I was in the room, she's like, okay, take everything off. I'm like, okay. (laughs) And then she came back. And she's like, okay, like looking at it just like so you want this off like as if she like had never heard of it before so i was getting a little uncomfortable because i'm like i don't (laughs) want you waxing if you're like not familiar (laughs) with what this is which says something because we're no stranger to shady places (laughs) we are no we prefer them and she saw my (laughs) tampon string and she was like oh and i was like uh she's like maybe i can just do the top part and I remembered that Michelle had had this situation in the past. So I was like, you know what? Don't worry about it. I will get this done somewhere else or another time. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. I highly <laughs> support that decision because it seems chill, but it's not. Oh. You know, I think that that was almost five years ago now <laughs> because it was right around Halloween. Actually, I mean, Buckle up. This is quite a story. And it gets a little gory. So perfect for Halloween. (laughs) So if you don't want to hear that, maybe skip ahead a little bit. But I basically, I was going through a bad time to set the stage. Mm -hmm. I was going through a pretty bad time. Got dumped on Halloween. I went to go get an IUD on election day that year. And when I came out of voting, I had two texts, one from my dad that said, Auntie died. And the other one from my best friend at work that said, Hey, wanted to let you know, I just got fired. So I <laughs> was like, Okay, wow. And then I went, I got my IUD. I just remember my phone blowing up because it was the election night. And I was just like, I literally can't deal with anybody else's problems but my own. And for that reason, I've always felt that I've had. Bad vibes on that IUD. But a couple weeks later, I decide to treat myself, go get a wax at a place that I had nothing but positive experiences with. Really, really clean, great place. But they had a new woman, and she was like, saw that I was on my period, and was like, oh, like I can't do that. She was like, you know, I don't want to rip it off and pull it out by accident, and blood goes everywhere. Which, just so you know, most places will actually do it if you have a tampon in. Like, that's usually not something that people are against. I've learned in recent years, but I respected it. You know, if someone's going, going all the way down there, I don't want to tell them what they can and cannot be comfortable with. And so I was like, yeah, sure, like, I'll leave a little bit. And she was like, you come back in a couple of days. And I was like, sure, I should do that. That was a terrible decision. I literally came home. I went to Sammy. And I was like, I look like Jafar down <laughs> south. It was so terrible. But it does not end there. Two days later, I'm sitting home alone in our apartment. And I start to feel like something weird down south, like a little poking. and I'm feeling uncomfortable. And I'm like, mm, something, something does not seem right. And so I do a little bit exploring and I freak out. And I call Sammy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Sammy, I think my IUD is coming out. And she's like, no, 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 no. There's no way. Like, you're panicking for no reason. And I was like, I, I felt the strings outside of my, like, just like outside of me. Vulva area. And she was like, okay, hold tight. I'm going to be home soon. And let me tell you, I was busy, okay? I really did <laughs> not want to come and deal with the situation. But I could tell Michelle was in a crisis, so i was panicking can you imagine and so sammy comes home and i here i am bloody with my little jafar situation and i'm like just (laughs) can you just check it just check it just only check it and so sammy's like looking and she's like like okay i'm looking and i'm like this is your vagina (laughs) period vagina and i'm like can you like you know, kind of put your hand in there a little bit to see if you feel the strings. (laughs) And she was like, like, I was like asking her to do this. And I see her like tearing up. And I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, she can't do that for some reason. I she was like, she's like, you need to go deeper. She's like pushing my hand. And I'm like, freaking (laughs) out. I was like, I can't. I like, don't know what's going on. And (laughs) Sammy's just like, you know what? Fine. I'm going in. I went in. (laughs) Sammy goes in. And she's like, yeah, it's, it's, Coming out and I was like it was out. It was out. Like I like the strings are pretty much outside of Michelle's body. Like it was not in for sure. And I was like, Don't pull it out. Don't pull it out. Don't pull it out. She (laughs) pops it out. And I just start
1: bawling.
0: I am crying. Every terrible thing that has happened to me in my life in the past couple weeks. It just came out with my IUD. I'm crying, crying, crying. And all of a sudden, I feel these headphones get plopped on my head. And I hear this voice go, you have selected SOS mode on Headspace. It seems as though you are going through a crisis right now. And Sammy had the Headspace premium subscription at that time. And she just was like, you know what? I'm going to let the professionals deal with this. And I just sat there breathing and getting over A pretty traumatic and yet also fine (laughs) moment. Yeah, it was pretty wild. I never wanted to stick my hand in my sister's bloody vagina ever. But that had to happen. And luckily, headspace was great. Put it on you. After like 10 minutes, you were more chill. I was like, okay, that thing works. That thing works real good. Power of meditation, y'all. Power of meditation. Anyways, speaking of blood curdling situations, today we will be talking about horrible advice that has been given to us and to all. Advice that seems innocent but can be detrimental or just comically bad in many situations. Yeah, Sammy and I thought it would be fun to do a two-part series on bad advice we've been given over the years that we wanted to deconstruct, take a little bit of a closer look, and let you know what we think, which is Don't follow this advice, basically. (laughs) Correct. The first one we have on our docket is work hard, play hard. Mm -hmm. That is terrible advice. And, you know, as a healthcare professional, I do think people really dig hard into this advice. (laughs) We love to just grind, 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 and then party, 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 party and doesn't leave a lot of time for sleeping, eating correctly, exercising, taking care of your own health, things that are necessary. Totally, Sammy. I am someone who definitely loved this advice in my younger days where I'd be like, yeah, I'll just work hard, play hard, go hard on my work and my studies or whatever it is, and then live my best life. And honestly, both halves of that advice are problematic. Mm-hmm. Work hard, play hard. Neither of which are really that healthy. No, it's not healthy at all. And as an adult, it's kind of humorous when you see this play out because people are playing hard on the weekend, spending all their money, drinking, going all the nice traps and all the stuff. And then guess what they're going to have to do to pay for all that, continue to work hard. (laughs) And then because they've been working hard all week, then they need to play hard on the weekend. And it's a vicious cycle that will keep you on the hamster wheel. Work hard, play hard is some capitalist advice, not a knock on capitalism, but it is some advice meant to entrap people in capitalism so that they will be consumers forever and we can make money off of them. We being the man. Exactly, Sammy definitely very american advice and it really encourages you to honestly overdo yourself at work and burn yourself out and not get the rest and relaxation that you need to be a healthy happy human we definitely encourage people to do the things that they enjoy but by no means do you need to go hard on anything that you do not want to especially if you are tired <laughs> get some sleep sleep hard yeah, that's a shitty <laughs> Sleep hard and for the appropriate amount of hours. Okay. Do work until you have enough money to retire and then (laughs) relax. (laughs) Yeah, what happened to that advice? It's on this podcast. It doesn't rhyme. (laughs) (laughs) Work towards fire. Relax. I got nothing. Yeah. Build passive income streams. Nah, it just doesn't have a ring to it. It <laughs> just doesn't have a ring to it. But nothing practical it has a fun <laughs> slogan to it. It really doesn't. The second bad advice is actually one that I heard a lot growing up, honestly still here today, and is very well-intentioned. It's basically, you can do anything you want. You can do anything. You can be anything. Sky's the limit. This advice really messed me up because I did start to feel like I could do anything and I had all of these infinite options. When the reality is is that it's important to sit down, think about what you want to do in any part of your life, your work, your relationships, wherever you want to apply yourself. The truth is is like yes, you can do anything, but the reality is you can't do everything. Paula Pan. <laughs> Love that. When you actually think about whatever thing that you want, the list is much more narrow than this infinite amount of choices. And that's a great thing. When I had too many choices, I felt paralyzed. But the reality is, was I wasn't going to do everything. I never wanted to be an astronaut. That wasn't on my list. And so when I realized in life that I needed to actually like sit down and think about, okay, this is what I like these are the things that I can do. What do I want to pursue that help me focus my arrow and point myself in a direction that was actually productive and moving forward? Look, you can do anything, but there is just one you. Unless you believe in parallel universes, in which case you are doing everything. You still got to choose one for this universe. Yes, Michelle, that advice is absolutely vile. And I think you're absolutely right that the limiting... Factors are your time, your ability, and your financial resources at the time that do realistically limit what you can do. That doesn't mean that you can't pick a goal and reach for it, you certainly can, but you just can't pick like 10 goals and try to do all of them at the same time, because you're probably going to do none of them in that case. It can be especially problematic advice for a maximizer. See our previous episode on satisfizers versus maximizers. But yeah, it it just really leads to decision fatigue to tell someone that they can do anything. Exactly, Sammy. I think it's so much more helpful if you're trying to help somebody in your life make a decision to help them narrow down what their actual options are and then help them see that actually there's this really positive thing that you can't do anything. And that can be really freeing sometimes if you approach it the right way. And our next piece of petrifying advice is good debt. Bad advice, good debt. Bad advice, good debt. The idea of good debt is really misleading. So people say that good debt is debt that is not so bad because it helps you actually make more money in the future. A common thing that people use to describe as good debt is student loan debt. They think, hey, yes, you're going to school and you're accumulating debt, but it's good debt because you're gonna get a job where you can pay that money off and you'll be able to make even more money with that job. Sometimes, but not always, true. I would argue, even in the cases where you do make plenty of money that will help you pay off that debt, to call that debt good debt is a bit of a stretch because the truth is, even in the best of scenarios, Debt is very limiting. Not that you should never go into debt. There are certainly situations where it may be appropriate, but it is choosing to do something that you know is going to set you back a little bit for the future rewards. It doesn't make it a good thing. Whenever you have debt, you're going to be somewhat limited in the choices that you can make. For example, if you have a ton of debt, you might not be able to. Leave your job to go take care of your sick mom if that happens, or switch careers or start a business that you want to start. Debt can be really limiting because whenever we have debt, we generally have to pay it. And when we're paying it, that really limits the other choices that we can make in our life at that time. Absolutely, Sammy. I think a big takeaway with that is that there are definitely different reasons in people's lives why they need to take on different types of debt. We don't always have the money we need to accomplish the things that we need to do. And debt happens. At the same time, to try to justify certain types of debt as good debt is misleading because you are putting yourself in a financial hole. And it's good to make sure you understand what the consequences of that are, how long it's going to take you to pay it back, interest rates, all the not fun things that are really important to understand because. You do want to pay that debt off. So I agree. If the intention was just to make it seem more normalized that debt exists, I would be okay with it. But really, it seems a little manipulative to try to convince people different reasons why they should get into debt and owe money to somebody. Yeah, exactly, Michelle. I saw someone post on one of the financial independence groups a photo of a college that was advertising Itself as good debt. And I was like, oh, (laughs) that's sad. It's just really bad. Colleges are like really trying to super normalize this idea that people go into a ton of debt for college. And I just really despise it. Universities are like, we're getting some bad press about how much college costs. And I have the perfect solution rebranding. (laughs) Exactly. No, it doesn't make sense. And also, I think it discourages people from also looking at different alternatives to finance whatever it is they need to finance, whether that's saving money, finding scholarships, working for a few years. I mean, there's a lot of options. And I think, you know, normalizing taking out a ton of debt is not the way to go. I speak from experience. Exactly, Sammy. And it's easy to fall into the trap of taking out more and more debt because you just feel like, well, I already owe so much money, I'll just add on more and more and more. And that's one of the major pitfalls in my mind, because it's not just about normalizing the fact that someone needs to take debt, it's about making them feel overly comfortable about the fact that, hey, like, you owe money, but you don't necessarily have a plan, and now you don't really care if you're spending all your money, because this is an abstract idea that you owe money at this point. Exactly, Michelle. For our non-Americans, this may seem crazy. But to Americans, a lot of Americans, I think the idea that you could just not have any debts seems like such a foreign concept, but it is definitely possible. Totally agree, Sammy. And for our last piece of advice, this podcast is settle. AKA, don't be picky. I have to say this is probably for me the worst piece of advice that I've ever been given. In my situation, I don't necessarily want to get married. I don't want to have kids. And there's been a lot of times where people have been like, you know what, I just think you're being too picky. Or, you know, you have to settle down someday or just settle for someone who's good enough. Someone told me an entire story about going through a field of flowers and looking through all the flowers First, you find a flower that looks pretty decent, but then you think, nah, maybe I'll find a better flower. Then you go back into the field and then you look for more flowers and you never find a flower that was as good as that first flower. Tear coming down my cheek. You know, with global warming, that could be a real, (laughs) real situation soon. I haven't seen a flower outside of a Trader Joe's in a long time. I can tell as someone who lives in the same room with you. But (laughs) anyway, the point is, that advice, one, was false because I do feel like me not settling on my partners has only led to better and better partners over time who I've had greater and greater experiences with. Um, so I first of all, that first piece of advice was just completely wrong. And then second, it also reflects an important thing about advice in general, which is you have to look at the people who are giving you advice and see if where they're at, their goals, their life accomplishments are what you want for yourself like if I look at my friends who are married and happy with their families I'm like that's great but that's not necessarily what I want so when they tell me to settle they don't have my goals in mind exactly Sammy I mean I can't really because people always tell me I'm not picky enough but (laughs) (laughs) no I totally agree Sammy because recently I feel like as I've been getting older and once I crossed over 30 you know I picked up a couple books that are basically making this argument and at first I'm like yeah I understand like maybe you shouldn't turn someone down for something superficial or essentially irrelevant to your dating life but I think a lot of people out there aren't necessarily too picky maybe there are there's a small population that just cannot possibly find the perfect person I know that is something that exists I think a lot of us are out here. We have our own stuff we're trying to deal with. We're trying to make our way through our life. And we're living and we're learning with every partner. And whether or not you want to end up with somebody, there should be never a sense of, oh, I don't love this person or I don't like this person. And I should be with them regardless because everybody's telling me that I'm too picky or that I need to settle down. I think the argument trying to be made is, I don't know, that eventually you run out of good people in the world. But in reality, I think there's a lot of good people in the world and good matches out there for everybody. And at some point, you'll find somebody who matches up not only with who you are, but also with where you are in your life and the timing in your life. Definitely, Michelle. And I would say, you know, the times are changing as well. You know, people pair up later and people sometimes don't pair up at all. Or people pair up, get married, then get divorced. And now you have a whole pool of divorces to look through too. There are tons of people out there. Billions. 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 Seven billion. Many named Bill. Seven billion bills. More (laughs) bills. Yeah, there's just tons of options, and I think you kind of know what's right for you. I do think people mean well when they give that advice, and I'm sure it applies to some people. At the end of the day, we all know what we need and we know what's best for us when we're in tune with ourselves. So we really can't take another person's advice to like make huge life decisions. Exactly. And more helpful than saying settle down or don't be picky is maybe you should talk to a therapist. (laughs) Because quite frankly, you can take advice, relationship advice, all day long from different people. But I know personally, sometimes you also need to talk through things and there are deeper things that you need to work through than just, I can't find anybody who looks like, talks like, acts like Barack Obama. Exactly. And if people are giving you advice that you didn't really ask for to begin with, you can really decide whether you need it or not. And if not, just leave it at the door. Reach sis! So, Sammy, any big takeaways from... The horrible advice, part one. I said this before a little bit, but I think the big takeaway is look at the person who's giving you the advice and see if their goals align with your goals. If you both are on two different tracks, then maybe that's not the person you're supposed to be taking advice from in the first place. I 100% agree, Sammy. When it comes to advice, especially in this digital world, we get bombarded with advice all the time. unfiltered. Coming at you. Who knows who these people are? Sometimes, and the truth is, is that you do need to filter it out and make sure that you process the things that you hear. And you say, "Hey, is this something that I agree with? Does this make sense to me? Should I do more research?" All of the things. And at the end of the day, if you don't like it, no matter where you hear it, even if it's from your favorite podcast in the world, like ours, that is supposed adulting, you don't gotta take it. We're just here to give you info. And it's your choice what you do with it. Yes. If you're thinking, you know what? I want to stay on the hamster wheel and I want to work hard and play hard. And that's more fun to me than being financially independent from my job and liberated. Then you do that. You do that. You know what's right for you. I want to live my best life with my good dad. And I want to (laughs) settle down. I just want to settle down with my good debt, with my best <laughs> life, and work hard and play hard. And I just don't even want to listen to this podcast anymore. Just kidding! But keep listening. We love you. Yeah. And tell your friends. And tell your friends. Send us a direct message if you have any questions or if there's any bad advice that you've been given. Let us know, please. If you've been given us bad advice, we want to hear it. We would love to share the bad advice that you've been given because that is so much fun. So yes, DM us, email us with that information. DM. Instagram at status email us status postadulting at gmail.com. And you can find all of our show notes at our website, statusadulting.com But most importantly, be sure to join us next time as we put down the rule book and rethink the status quo.